Hey weirdos, welcome back. It's episode 10 of Stop It That's Weird, which is a continuation of episode 9, which is, it just ended up being a very, very long episode and I had to break it into two parts, so sorry about that. Um, so when you hear me talking just a second, I'm just gonna get right into quirky, silly little things that made me angry for no apparent reason, which has to do with people insisting on holding the door open for you when you don't, when it's an inconvenience to the both of you. Um, so anyway, thanks so much for listening. Uh, here's part two of episode nine, which is now episode ten. Nine and ten is two parts instead of one. Two for the price of one! Here we go. <laughs> People holding the door for you when it's like an inconvenience to them makes me so fucking angry. <laughs> In my experience, it has been like mostly men that will do this for me. And it's like a kind gesture. I totally understand. I'll say that like uh, up front. I get the like your head's in the right place and you're trying to do something nice for someone. And I've done that before too. Hold a door for someone who's, you know, who's coming right behind you or something like that. But that's the difference, okay? If so, if you see, I was at the gym the other day. I was, I, I don't know, I how do I measure this, the footage in my brain? I was like at the front desk and this guy felt like he was a hundred fucking feet away from me, sees me starting to walk towards the door and I'm just walking like a normal average pace and he's coming in from the parking lot into the gym and he starts holding the door open for me and he's so far away from me and I looked around to see if there were other people that he was maybe holding the door for and he wasn't. And so then I, then you got to do the like shuffle, the like awkward, like jog shuffle to like, why are we doing that? (laughs) You know what I mean? Why are you holding the door for me when I'm, when I'm so fucking far away from you? I don't want to have to do the little joggy shuffle. I shouldn't. uh, That's the whole concept. That's the whole reason that you like hold the door is because someone's right behind you or they're coming in at the same time as you and you're like, "Mm, go ahead go right in or whatever but if I'm that far away from you it's an inconvenience to us both now I have to like hurry my fucking ass up to get through so that you don't have to hold it for that long and then sometimes that people will like be disgruntled about how long you're taking they'll be like inconvenienced they'll just be like you know and I'm like you chose to do this to yourself why I just spilled my tea fucking everywhere god (sighs) what a nightmare it that spilled directly in my lap and then so I had a blanket on me and the blanket is wet and then it got on my socks had to take those off can't be walking around with wet socks on (sighs) actually I'm glad that I didn't put any sweetener in it because at least it's not sticky um where was I it's just you don't need to be holding the door like that you know my friend Chelsea and I have talked about this a few times where, like, men are doing, like, the sh- what they believe is the chivalrous thing, but it's, like, you insist upon it to a degree that makes it inconvenient and fucking annoying. Like, I think it's very sweet, like, if you're on a date with a man that, like, holds the door open for you, opens the car door pulls out your chair for you that's like so sweet but also you're like I'm fucking standing right next to you so if you open the door for me we're going through it at the same time together and that's a cute little gesture why are you doing it when you're when we're so far away from each other I just don't understand the like thought process of that you know what I mean it's taking time out of your day when you would rather be doing something else and I'd rather be doing something else and not having this weird fucking interaction with you stop doing that you know and the one that Chelsea said was like uh if your friend like you have a male friend or maybe even someone who's like romantically interested in you she didn't say this but I'm just saying like I've had this kind of experience with someone who like insisted on walking me to my car when especially if it's like not that far away or like you know the area well and you feel safe enough to do that it's my judgment call you know what I'm saying I get the idea of being like hey I want to make sure that you get to your car safe that is very sweet that sentiment is sweet 
but if the woman is like no i feel safe enough to do this by myself just take that at face value be like okay and fuck off you know what i mean because then it gets into this annoying like i i don't know what to call it i don't know if it's a gendered thing or what is going on because then you go into this back and forth of 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 the guy trying to be a gentleman so much so that he's like pushing you and being like no i insist that i walked you to your car my lady and you're like i'm fine i'm fine and now i have to like argue with you here about you know what i mean or maybe you just prefer i think that's what chelsea might have said that she's like no i want to walk to my car by myself because i need a second by myself i've been with people all day and i just want a nice chill calm peaceful walk where i can like download my own thoughts and be with myself for a second so can you fuck off okay i appreciate what you're trying to do but i just don't want that right now you know what i'm saying like that's very annoying to just be like oh god am i recording yeah (laughs) yes i am (laughs) um yeah it's like it feels like that those two things are in the same arena it's like i didn't ask for this but you're assuming that I need it or something. You know what I mean? Because of some kind of expectation. But I didn't put the expectation on you. You put it on yourself. So work through that yourself and let me live my life. You know what I'm saying? And it's a di- just like a, a woman will ask you too. I don't think there's anything wrong with like asking hey do you want me to walk you to your car nothing wrong with that that's very nice but also we can speak for ourselves too like if a woman actually like i've been in this scenario in like a bar or something and turned to my guy friend and been like hey this person over here is making me feel weird can you like stand in between me and that person or pretend that you're my boyfriend or something i've done that but i you know i i i'm asking for that Hey, I don't feel safe walking to my car. Can you walk me to my car? I've done that before. We will ask you. We'll fucking let you know if we need it. The, the, I think, I know I'm like thinking too, too, too much about this. About the like door thing. Holding the door thing. But it just kind of baffles me. I just don't really understand what the purpose of it is. Is it to impress the woman? Is it we're just doing it out of those like societal norm kind of things? That is, it feels like one of those. It feels the same way that a um, turn of phrase. You know what I mean? Like one of the what's a what's one of the what's one of those idioms that's been around for like a million years that we're like like dead as a doornail. That is not societally <laughs> relevant anymore in 2023. We haven't used doornails in God knows how long. You know what I mean? Not in my fucking lifetime. But we still use that phrase all the time. It feels like that. That it's like it's so outdated. But maybe it's just like. Maybe it really is just like muscle memory for some people. But you just have to realize that like some things need to be retired. <laughs> you know? Just, I feel like it's a read the room thing. That's what is annoying to me about it. Is that the people who are doing it in an annoying way are not reading the room properly. Hey, maybe don't hold the door for the woman that's 100 yards away. That's not realistic, you know. It's probably not, you know, I wasn't football fields away. But I was, like, pretty fucking far away. If there's a woman that's walking up to the gym and she's got, like, Uh, her smoothie in her hand and her car keys and a purse and you know a fucking a change of clothes and she's like fumbling to get in the door that's sweet to be like hey i would do that for a a woman or any person if i was like oh you looks like you're struggling here i'm gonna open the door for you so you can get in that's a different situation but if i'm just doing through my day and you insist on making this have forcing us to have this weird encounter it frustrates me you know and i say it all out and i'm like that it's silly to be that upset about that thing but sometimes it sometimes 
it's just fucking annoying. It's the same, this is the other part of the rant that I knew was going to come out, is like, it's a neurodivergent thing to be frustrated at slow people. I've heard this before. I'm generalizing and it's just like shit that I've heard on TikTok or whatever, but I have a really big pet peeve with people who walk slowly. Um, I've also noticed that I can't, I can't walk slowly anywhere. (laughs) It's very hard for me, like, when I'm on a nature walk by myself and I have nowhere to be, I have no time limit, nothing, I will be walking as if I have a meeting with the president in the next five minutes, you know? And I'll catch myself doing that and then I'm like, hey, you can relax, this is supposed to be a chill walk. This is supposed to be a calm thing. This is calm Trisha time now. And then I'll do that for like five minutes maybe because I'm like really trying to like slow down my body movements and then I'll just speed up again because that just feels right to me for some reason. But like if I'm at the grocery store and there's someone that's walking really slowly in front of me, it makes me so mad when other people aren't like aware of the other people in their vicinity Nothing makes me more mad than, like, when you're, when there's someone just obliviously staring, like, stopped, parked, right, where you need to go in the grocery store or something, and then you have to be like, excuse me, (laughs) or, you know, sometimes just, like, slip in there real quick to grab the peanut butter or whatever you're grabbing. The worst, I think, is when they're just, like, parked in the middle of the aisle or something and you can't really, like, get by on either side. I'm like, come on. There's just no way that you're, like, this oblivious. But then, but then I'm like, Trisha, you also need to be self-aware. There's so many other times, like, I have no spatial awareness of my surroundings. I'm very aware of people in my vicinity. I am not aware of objects in my vicinity at all. People constantly ask me, why do you have bruises? What happened to your legs or something? Because I always have bruises on my lower half in particular. But it's because I'm fucking banging my legs, my knees on my bed frame or my coffee table. Or I got out of my chair weird and I bumped my knee and I bruise easily. And so I just fucking have bruises. So... You know, I probably should just be kinder to those people because they have that same thing just in a different way that I ha- than I have it. But it just makes me angry. <laughs> it just pisses me off. Makes me so frustrated. So that also translates into, like, other similar things. Um, I get really fucking frustrated at um, people who, who try to direct traffic like if you're in your car driving you don't need to be directing traffic unless you're someone who's got the orange vest on and you've got the special like wavy things or a flag or a slow and stop sign you don't need to direct traffic it makes me so angry when i get like waved on by someone and i'll be like like you know i'm trying to think of an example i feel like I constantly deal with this and also I realize this is not that big of a deal and it like I'm making it sound like it ruins my day which is not true but it's just a minor annoyance when I'm like uh you come up to a four-way stop and someone will look make eye contact with you and then they'll start waving you on and I'm like yeah I was gonna do that anyway It just, I don't know why, but it just, like, makes me so fucking mad. Yeah, I was gonna, I was, hey, did you see my blinker that was on? I was gonna fucking turn anyway before you gave me the little finger wave. Thanks, John, in the Toyota for giving me the okay to turn when my fucking blinker was on anyway. I was gonna do that. (laughs) It makes me so mad. Or, like, because people would get, like, defensive about it, especially, like, a four-way stop. Sometimes you roll up at the same, kind of the same time as someone else and you don't really know when you're supposed to go. That kind of makes sense. But sometimes if there's like an awkward pause, people will get impatient and then they'll be like, go, go. <laughs> and I'm like, calm down. We're both having the same experience and we're just like, it, you know, chill out. 
we're gonna get there. We're gonna get to wherever we need to go. I promise you. It's gonna be fine. Or it's like, if you're, let's say you're in a Target parking lot and you're just trying to park and there's like a stream of people that want to cross in front of your car to get into the Target. That bothers me. Uh, but usually only when it's like someone who insists on walking very slowly. Because what I do, and I think this is proper etiquette, is if you, if someone stops their car and they're going to let you go into the Target, you give them a little wave and then you do the jog. You jog your ass in there. That's what I do. If I know someone's like waiting on me. What annoys the fuck out of me <laughs> is when I'll like stop. And I will just, like, give a give person a pause enough to, like, go. And they will, like, fully make eye contact with me. And it's almost like they're walking slower on purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll be like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just gonna... I'll just be here waiting for you. <laughs> you know? Those ones annoy me. I feel like there's another scenario that I was thinking about. Again, all of that is, like, such a minor inconvenience. Like, it does not... It's, it does not have an impact on my day, but when it's happening, I'm just like, ah, oh, please. <laughs> <clears throat> Those are things that made me angry. What are you anxious about now? I forgot, that I'm reading the note. I forgot that not giving myself a break can lead to meltdowns and burnout. I've been going, going, going and filling up my days with so much stuff that I've forgotten to slow down and check in with myself and process my emotions from the day which led me to almost having a panic attack on my lunch. Like, too much sensory input constantly without any breaks is too much for me, and I'm realizing how essential uh, just, like, a very quiet mental break is at the end of every day. Like, sometimes doing absolutely nothing. Not engaging my brain at all or prioritizing activities, which activities will bring me absolute comfort. We kind of already went over that a bit. Yeah, I I have, I lately I've been feeling like, this is a part of my like, singleness as well, I've noticed, is like, how do I say this? I know I talk about, I feel like I talk about TikTok a lot on here, but eh, that's just part of the fucking zeitgeist, isn't it? Um, I feel like there's so many, because the algorithm knows that I'm single, it it's just throwing me content about my singleness 24 hours a day. And sometimes that just gets really annoying and overwhelming. But it'll be like, if you're single, don't you dare be sad. Don't you dare sit in your bed and cry. Don't you dare waste a second of your day thinking about another person who could give you romantic love. You better, what you need to do is fill up your day with activities so much so that you don't have a spare second to be with yourself and be sad or be lonely or be anything. Like, I feel like that's my whole feed. And sometimes I get sucked into that trap. It also has to do with, like, my creative brain as well, is I feel like I need to be creating all the time or at least participating in some kind of creative activity. And if I'm not, I don't feel like I'm being productive, I guess. Maybe not even productive, but just like, uh, it's, it just doesn't scratch the itch that I have. When I wake up every day, I kind of want to participate in some sort of creative thing every single day. And some days, I feel like that changes every day kind of what that looks like, you know, depending on what I'm really interested in right now. Or sometimes, like, um, doing the type of work that I do feels like it will suffice. And then other days, you know, I feel like I'm cramming a lot of creative stuff in because I just am hungry for that right now. Like, I'm going to paint some miniatures and then I'm going to record a podcast and then I'm going to, you know, I don't know, draw or I'm going to read or I'm going to write or I'm going to um, try some photography or something like that. Some portraits. So it varies day by day, day how much creative stuff I feel like I really need to do in that day what was I saying um oh because I have that urge and also I think I just get influenced by other people online being like 
your life should be lived for you 100% of the time. No breaks from yourself. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just like there's this push to like fill up your day with constant shit. And I think what I need to do is learn how to live in the uncomfortableness a little bit better. Because I tend to be like, oh, if I'm sad, that means bad. Laura told me this the other day and it's something I really need to like heed her words on. Like the bad days make way for the good ones. They enhance it. And there's something comforting and uh, satiating maybe about the bad days also. Like I need to learn how to appreciate those more because I tend to be like, oh, I'm having a bad day. I'm broken. I'm broken and my life sucks and everything sucks. And so I'm trying to like be better about being present with whatever emotion I'm feeling, whether I'm feeling lonely or sad or whatever, being present with that and feeling that, learning how to give myself comfort, you know, when I need it, um, like learning um, strategies that I can use to give myself comfort when I need it, but also just like being okay with just sitting with those feelings for a little bit and not feeling like I have to do other activities to keep to keep that 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 those kinds of feelings at bay. You know what I mean? Cuz it's just going to catch up with you anyway. And also I think just like I can't remember if I said this earlier or not, but like <clears throat> something with my autism is that I just need time where I'm doing nothing. And because there's been so many things that I want for my life, with my life, for myself, I feel like if I'm not constantly in action in some way throughout the entire day, then I'm not working towards all the things that I want for my life and so I'm bad or I'm doing bad or something. And then I forget, hey, you have fucking autism. (laughs) And you also need to care for your body and mind in that way as well. Give yourself care and love and comfort in that way. And sometimes that involves just fucking doing nothing, which is completely contradictory to what I'm, like, saying. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm being super clear, but, like, to just be totally, like, honest with y'all. I don't know if other neurodivergent people follow a similar pattern as this, or maybe it's just me. But, you know, a lot. I, I feel like it's fairly common that after someone has been in a certain job role or like a certain field for a while, sometimes you feel like it's time for you to move on to something else. I love my job. It's it's a cool job. It's very laid back. I get to do a lot of cool creative things with my work. But I also am just a person that likes to be pursuing new stuff, new endeavors, especially new creative endeavors all the time. And so sometimes I will just get burnt out, even if I really like the work that I'm doing. Or I just get really excited about the possibility of some other type of creative activity. And so that ends up taking up all of my mental spaces. I'm like, oh, that would be sick. I think that is like a new skill that I would like to try on or something like that. So I want to put all my effort into just doing that. So then that takes up all of my brain space and I'm like, how, what do I need to do? It's like a puzzle or like a problem that I suddenly feel like I need to solve and maybe there's not an actual solution to it right now because I'm just at this stage of life. So I need to also just be okay with wanting something, having a goal for something for the future, but being okay with like being present in this stage of life because what what my brain will do is I'll be like, my brain, I, I see the shiny thing in the distance. I want to be there. So I feel like my brain takes a mental jump 12 months in the future. It'll be like, I'm there now. And my body is still back a year prior. And I'm like, but, I, but, but I'm living here, you know? My brain's like, nope, we've fucking moved on, bitch. We've moved on. And I don't know what you're doing with your life, but that's upsetting and sad, so stop it. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any kind of sense to anybody, but that happens to me kind of a lot with like, particularly like creative things that I get hyper fixated on is I get so excited about them 
that I want to put all of literally 100% of my time and energy into doing that thing and I don't want to be doing the thing that I was doing yesterday. <laughs> you know? So that provides, that, that, that serves as a problem for my life and working and having a job and just doing all the things that you need to do to function as a human. So to bring it back to what I was originally talking about, I've been filling my days with so many things that I've been doing. Like I have this routine with going to the gym that's been helping me. I have this exercise routine that I follow like five days a week and that's really helpful. I love that structure for me. Um, so that's something that I am thinking about every day, usually trying to fit it in somewhere. This follows into like the routine thing that I've been talking about talking about for a while, which is like when I get up in the morning, I want to do my morning routine, have a cup of tea, and I want to pick out, take my time getting ready and pick out an outfit and stuff like that. That like, if I had my perfect dream day, I would like wake up at nine, slowly, you know, make myself a cup of tea, do my skincare, get dressed at my own pace, then go into the office, do do work for a couple hours, check all the major things off the list that I need to get done there. Then I would come home, go to the gym, you know. I do like going to the gym like midday. I love that. Go to the gym, do a solid workout, make myself, you know, take care of myself in between all that time eat food and stuff that I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> which is also a neurodivergent thing sometimes I fucking forget to eat and I've been trying I've been better about that lately like especially before I go to the gym I'm like you have to eat something or you're going to have a bad time at the gym because if I'm not working out like on a Saturday or Sunday um sometimes it'll be like 3 p.m and I haven't eaten anything and I'm starving and I'm like why did I do this to myself? But I've heard that that's actually a neurodivergent thing. Um, so that's been a good mood motivator. <laughs> Be like, okay, if I'm going to go to the gym at like 2 p.m., then I got to fucking eat something. So cook myself something delicious, go to the gym, and then come home and then work on some sort of creative project like the podcast or photography or something like that painting or something making silly little tiktoks or something and then so so let's do i feel like i need a recap to my recap um so i did my morning stuff went did some work uh went to the gym ate some good food came home did a creative thing then i'll want to whatever i'm hyper fixated on at that time i'll want to engage with that activity if it's if it happens to be separate from like whatever creative thing I'm doing and then sometimes by that time and like I said I, I also have like a lot of I feel like I have an excess of just like kinetic energy so imagine this so that I do all that stuff throughout the day and then at the end of the day when I'm trying to like just sit down and be like oh I'm gonna watch this show that I'm really obsessed with right now I my autism presents itself in this strange way that it's not strange it's a way that like when I get really excited about whatever it is I'm hyper fixating on I will like pause my show to just get up and like process whatever that was that made me excited a lot of times like by dancing or something like dancing around I'll put on some music or something so sometimes it takes me like double the time I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast or not but sometimes it takes me like double the time to watch a show because I'll just be like ah so excited about that character or something and so I have to like take a hot lap around my house um but by say that because if you're thinking about like the context of our entire day sometimes it really I really have not stopped moving for the whole day because I've gotten up and done my routine and I've been in the office or whatever I'll sit for a little bit while I'm at the office but then I go to the gym and I'm cooking and if I can squeeze in a little bit of cleaning sometimes I'm doing that but then even when I'm trying to watch my show I'm pausing and I'm getting up and I'm moving around my body in a way that feels like I need to and then all of a sudden it's time for me to go to bed and I haven't really processed any of the sensory input that I've had for the entire day and this is what ha I say all of this because this is what happened to me that like 
sent me into an almost panic attack yesterday. And my friend Matt commented on it. He was like, yeah, you've been going, going, going a lot lately. I, and he, like, you know, he lives ac- across the country from me. <laughs> and we just text. And he could tell that. <laughs> it definitely has been, like, a couple weeks of me just, like, filling up my days with all this shit that I'm doing. Going down my list. And I haven't really been, like, processing my emotions very much. And also, you know, the thing that I said earlier, then when I'm at the end of the day and it's just quiet and I'm just laying in bed or something, sometimes I'm uncomfortable with just sitting there with myself. And then and then I'm scrolling through TikTok and people are being like, don't be alone with yourself. <laughs> if you're single, why are you worried about being single? That's stupid. And I'm like, I can't do anything else. I've fucking filled my day with, with as much shit as I possibly could. I can't do anything else. Um, so then, two weeks of not processing my days and not processing all the sensory input that I had every day and just the normal human emotions that come with being a human being will pile up on me and then I'm having a fucking panic attack in a Trader Joe's parking lot and I'm like, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> and then I look back on it and I'm like, oh yeah, I was really feeling sad yesterday and I probably could have just benefited from like, having a good cry and just sitting with that. Just making time and space for that, you know? I need to, I really do need to like be kinder to myself in that way. That it's like, I do have a, not a rigid routine, but I do have things that I want to do every day. I do have a routine for sure. But some days that might be like I'm working on my creative activity for several hours. Maybe yesterday, and and I did do a little bit of this, but maybe that means instead of creative activity for six hours, maybe that means I'm c- crying and laying in my bed and watching all my comfort movies for six hours or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? I'm not good at making space for my emotions. I'm good at filling up my day with shit, you know? I can distract myself for sure. (laughs) So that's what happened. That's what brought on the panic attack is that I, I was feeling really good the, the previous weeks as well. Like leading up to the panic attack, I've been having some really good weeks. I've been having some good like breakthrough conversations in therapy. I felt solid about what, where I was and like what I was doing in my life and stuff like that. And then there was two weeks where some of that stuff started to shift a little bit, but I was still filling my day up with lots of stuff. And I was like, hmm, I feel kind of lonely right now. Hmm, I don't know. I don't I don't know how to sit here and, like, ponder my singleness for very long. Hmm, I'm kind of thinking about I really wish that I could do other creative endeavors that I can't really just do by myself, so I'm kind of frustrated that I feel stagnant about that. I think another point that I had on this list is that comes up frequently for me is I don't like where I live and I feel like I can't do anything about that. I feel pretty trapped as far as that goes. Just to be honest with you, just to be super honest, um, Idaho pays people dog shit. They just fucking do. Um, For a while, maybe it was like 2020-ish era, Boise... And Idaho was, I think Boise in particular, was the most expensive place to live in the country. And that's not because it's expensive to live here. It's because we get paid dog shit. So the cost of living across the country is continuing to rise. Idaho, Idahoans have been paid the same fucking rate since like the 80s. I don't know if that's accurate at all. I haven't looked it up even a little bit. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's barely risen since, like, the 90s. I think it's fair for me to say that the amount that I'm getting paid for the role that I currently work, number one, it's because I work for an academic institution, a government institution, if you will, that they pay me less. But if I've worked the same job 
in I want to say almost anywhere in the country but that's not true but in a lot of places that I would prefer to live which is a city I I think it's kind of fair for me to say that I could get paid double or almost double what I'm getting paid now like if I lived in LA or um, New York or Seattle or fucking Austin or something you know what I mean like maybe not totally double but not far from it I don't think I don't think it would be like I work a senior position and I don't get paid a senior rate and that's just Idaho you know what I mean people are fucking I was ranting again to Matt about this the other day lots of people in this state feel really stuck including me it's like some of the stuff that I've identified with my therapist that I think would bring bring me joy and give me the kind of life that I want to be living is I want to be around other creative people. I want to meet new people all the time. That brings me a lot of joy. I like exploring new cities. I like traveling, you know, creativity, all that stuff. I can't do that here. Yeah, I just can't. But there's really not a lot that I can do about it. Because Matt, you know, and I I know that he meant this in, like, a very kind way because he's so sweet and supportive as a friend and, like, believes in all the stuff that I tell him I want to do creatively. And so he's like, oh, have you ever thought about moving somewhere else? Why don't you just do that? And I'm like, what if I could, my guy, you know? I was applying, I have tried to apply to new jobs in other areas. My job, unfortunately, is not one that I could, like, they specifically hired me because of the like at least partial in-person portion of the job that I'd be doing so it's not one of the ones that I could just like go fully remote and go live somewhere else I would have to get a new job somewhere else and because I get paid what I do and a lot of Idahoans I think would agree with me on this we don't it's not like I have like a, a big old nest egg that I could just be like hey let's just pick up and move somewhere else and figure it out you know I don't have the luxury to do that if I got paid what I would be getting paid in a different state that might look a little bit more realistic for me but as it is right now I can't it's just I just can't do it and that just makes me fucking sad and that's something that I that I get down on myself about kind of frequently it's one of those things that's like kind of out of my control uh but there's so much that I want to do about it you know what I mean it's one of those things that it's kind of due to where I live I kind of have to like wait for the perfect opportunity I have uh, if I'm going to move somewhere else I gotta wait for the thing to kind of come to me a little bit you know like I'm I gotta put myself out there as much as I can for opportunities that feel like they're a good fit for me but you know what I mean Gosh, I wish that I could just pick up and move to a place that would make me happier. That's so frustrating, isn't it? As a neurodivergent person, do y'all feel like that? When you know that something would be so good for you, but you it's not within your reach. It's not realistic for you right now. That's really painful for me. It's like, I know. Uh, I don't remember how much I've talked about this on the podcast, but I, like, I, I took a month-long trip to London last year in October. Almost a year ago. <laughs> I loved it there so much. It was, like, exactly what I knew would be good for me. Just for context, I've never been out, I had never been outside the country before. That wasn't something that I, like, grew up with, you know? Like, that wasn't a luxury for us to be able to travel like that. And as an adult, I finally, like, was able to make it happen for myself. As a, you know, 30-year-old lady, I finally was like, I'm going to take my first, like, big trip out of the country. That's always something that I've wanted to do was travel the world. So I was like, I know travel is going to make me happy. But also, I grew up in this super rural area, and I always kind of had this romanticized version or idea of what, like, a walkable city would be like for me I've always been like yeah I've romanticized places like London and stuff like that um and it was exactly what I thought it would be in my brain it was amazing walkable cities fucking rule they're so awesome um 
Yeah, it was literally everything that I ever wanted. Like, be- just beautiful architecture. The people were so sweet everywhere that I went. The tube, I will ha- I no fucking slander about the tube. The tube fucking rules. Walking everywhere rules. There, you know, there, you're not that far from, like, a beautiful hike as well. Everything about London was fucking awesome. I felt like it healed my soul. It was everything I ever wanted. And then I had to go back to reality after that. And it was, it like truly still hurts me in my heart to this day that I can't just live somewhere like that. That's all that I want. You know what I mean? And also being around art and artistic people was so fucking sick. The people that I stayed with were both like theater actors and they were just so cool and interesting. And I went to art museums all the time and it was like just so fucking rad. And... Uh, truly I'm like starting to get emotional thinking about it right now like it was a dream it was a total dream and one there was one time like a couple months ago before my roommate moved out I just was was swiping back through all the like awesome beautiful I took this as a solo trip also just FYI I went there for a month by myself and it was the best decision I ever made and he comes home, he walks in the front door, and I'm weeping, just weeping at the, <laughs> on my couch. And it was just because I was looking back through all the, like, beautiful things that I got to do with myself in London for myself, you know? Uh, and I just, like, truly ache for those experiences 24-7. So it's like, how do you live with that? How do you live with a reality that you yearn for, that you want so badly, that you just can't have. Who out there has that answer for me? You know what I mean? Oy, oy, oy. I, I go in this circle all the time. Am I even on a segment anymore? I don't know. I go in this circle all the time, which is like, people will be like, so you're frustrated because you can't do all the creative stuff that you want to do. Well, how, what's a path to that? Um, you're frustrated because the dating scene in Idaho fucking sucks. What's a path to that? Oh, you're frustrated because, you know, I don't know. I can't think of other life things. You're frustrated because, you know, there's not, like, culture and art that you get to engage with on a regular basis or whatever. You don't get to meet new people. You're frustrated about that. What are paths to those things? And it feels like the answer is, like, living somewhere else. And it just doesn't feel like it should be this difficult to, like, be able to live somewhere that you know would provide you with those things. You know what I mean? It's a, It all fucking comes back to capitalism. Because it's like, because work is the center of my life and fuels everything else, it, it makes choices for me about what I'm able to do and what I prioritize in my life. I don't, I feel like I don't get to, I, I'm not allowed to prioritize the things that would bring me overall joy and happiness on a different level in my life. You know what I mean? Because I'm so worried about money. I'm like, my work is, my work feels like it's 90% of my life and I wish that it was like 20% of my life. And I wish that for everybody else too. I wish that everybody else just could prioritize the things that would make them the happiest. And for me, all of the, it feels like most of the things on my checklist could be resolved by living in a city of some kind, you know? So that's what I'm fucking anxious about now, you know? It makes me upset. It makes me really actually emotional to, like, feel trapped like that. And sometimes it just feels like I'm going through around, around and around on this fucking merry-go-round of, like, managing all the symptoms of that well for a while and then falling off that wagon of being like I'm not doing well with it right now you know and I'm trying to be kinder to myself in saying it's okay to sit with that for a while and grieve that for a while and then other times I'm like I feel like I just need to fill up my day with all the shit that they tell me to do so there's that there's that That was a big one. Dude, this is really going to be... I'm almost at two hours. Um, I'm going to have to cut this down a bit. But she's got a lot to say today, you know? I felt like that was something that I've been wanting to talk about on the pod for a while. Is just something 
Yeah, I don't know. I would really love to know if other people have that same kind of merry-go-round sensation where you're, like, skirting an issue. Like, the, 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 the core issue is in the middle. And I'm not saying, like, picking up and moving to a new city would fix all my problems, but I'm not not saying that. You know what I mean? It just it feels like it should be me. It feels like I should have been living that life a long time ago. Everything about living in a different place with a lot of people and a lot of things to do and a lot of good food and just excitement. Something I was talking to Matt and I've like learned, I, I'm talking to Matt about and learned, something I've learned about myself, I can't fucking say a sentence. Something I have learned about myself in the last year or so as I've like unpacked a lot of stuff in therapy have gotten this diagnosis and really have like reframed my relationship like with my mental health does that make sense is that even a thing the way that I've reframed my personality my identity is what I'm trying to say is like for my entire life because I didn't I this is a better way to say it (laughs) this is a better way to say it this is what I said to Matt the other day I said, I believe that I have mistaken my autism for introversion for my entire life. I always thought that I was extremely introverted because I needed time to myself and I didn't really understand what was going on with my brain and body. And now that I'm an adult and I do know what's going on with my brain and body, I'm not always the best at listening to it and doing what I need for myself, working on that, getting better at that. Um, what was I saying? (laughs) That was the perfect example of literally everything, just total blankness in my brain. Have no idea what I was saying even two words ago. Um, now that I'm adult, an adult, and I do know, I have the names for these things, and I have some strategies for these things, I'm definitely not perfect at them, I'm never going to be perfect at them, probably, and I'm accepting of those things as not being problems you know what I mean now that I look at uh, a lot of things like a lot of aspects of my identity and go oh that's just autism and people might think some of that is weird but there's nothing wrong with it and I don't need to change that and then other aspects that are symptoms maybe I can't accommodate for myself and I'm learning how to do that now that I've identified all that and laid that all out plainly I'm realizing that I don't uh, crave being by myself as much. I was isolating because I was uncomfortable and confused. I didn't know what was wrong, quote unquote, wrong with me. I didn't know how to accommodate for myself. I didn't have a name that I could put to what was going on with me. I felt wrong for so many years that I was like, well, it's better if I just isolate because I can't share this broken version of me with the world. Now that I don't feel like that, now that I'm like, I'm not broken, I'm just autistic, (laughs) and that's great, and that's fun, and that's awesome, I'm realizing this is a... Dude, I just don't know how to be succinct today. I'm now, what I've realized is, I'm maybe not really introverted. Or maybe... People, what's the term people have come up with, like, an extroverted introvert or whatever? I don't know if that's what it is. Because I also, I I do get drained by being around people. Maybe that's just textbook introversion. But I just don't feel like I identify with either one of those really anymore, I guess. Like, 100% of the time being an extrovert feels a little too much for me. But I don't, like, something that I've said to people... Uh, I can't remember where, but I've said to people and my therapist a bunch is like, basically all the things that I know that will bring me joy and comfort uh, and fulfillment have to do with other people. The things that I want to do that bring me like that really fluttery, lovey feeling in my heart have to do with being around other people. So I, uh, I always want to, yeah. That's what I want, is being around other people. It's not perfect, and it's not... It does drain me a little bit to do that 24-7. But I find 
just being by myself all the time you know when I feel isolated I that's when I feel the worst that's when I feel really sad is when I don't get to see my friends you know if it's been like two weeks and I haven't really you know I'm not close to my family really so I haven't seen any family members and I haven't seen my friends in two weeks and I haven't left the house that much because I've been you know maybe working from home a lot and I don't know if I'm just not engaging with other people in a meaningful way for like two weeks then I fucking feel awful and I you know what I mean and I feel like that is such a sign of extroversion so I just feel more and more as I get older and as I understand myself better that I I'm somewhere fucking in the middle I'm not the introvert that I thought that I was you know (laughs) I don't know where I was fucking going with that point but um oh it was the merry-go-round thing I think you know whatever that is whatever lies in between extroversion and introversion maybe is in the middle of that merry-go-round and I feel like I'm addressing symptoms of that constantly but not really getting to the heart of of the core of fulfillment in my life and that's a that's a big struggle (laughs) I also want to understand I want to say that I know that this is not totally like I don't expect it people take a lifetime to find fulfillment in their lives sometimes so I'm not feel I'm not trying to say that this kind of discovery for me needs to happen overnight or anything but this is something that I've known about myself for a few years at least I've always known that I wanted to travel and stuff like that definitely for a few years uh I've known that there are things that I crave you know what I mean the like negative voice in my brain is like well what what makes you think that you deserve that you know some people will work their entire lives to try to get to that place maybe they don't ever get to that so what makes you feel like you're worthy of that and you are owed that by society and the universe to just you know prioritize other things other than work or whatever and I don't know the answer to that except that I just like on a basic human level think that everybody really should be allowed to to have joy that's like a basic fucking human need you know what I mean it's like these TikToks that I've that I've seen on again on singleness. It's like it's like how fucking unhelpful it is for a people in your life to be like when you stop expecting it, love will just show up at your door and I'm like I could kill you. I could fucking kill you, dude. <laughs> you know? That that advice is not helpful at all cuz it, it no. I'm sorry, you're wrong about that. Sometimes it seems like that's how it's happened for people, just because they were in the right place at the right time and they were doing the thing that I'm trying to do and filling up their day with shit all the time and then they happened to bump into someone else and then they were like, hey, you're right. When I totally forgot about it, I met someone at a fucking coffee shop or whatever. Maybe some circumstances have happened to be like that, but... This is, and and maybe I'm being too negative or something. I don't know, but I feel like I, that's fine. I'm allowed to be negative about this thing. I've said before that, like, the dating scene here is just not for me. So it doesn't fucking matter if I, if I put, if I stop thinking about my singleness. I've been doing that, you know what I mean? I've been doing that for a couple of years now, and I'm gonna keep on doing that this fucking place is not the place that breathes love for me that blossoms love for me that's how I feel it's a basic human need when people when people will say like and sorry it just is it's always people that are in relationships and they'll be like when you least expect it it'll show up at your door or whatever that you're not meaning to but like in turn by saying that you're saying like remove your need or forget about your basic human need for affection and like love and care and human touch you know what I mean it's like people that 
have that around them all the time in some form because they're in a relationship or maybe they happen to be this is why I wanted to bring up the thing about not having like family that you're close with like which is my situation I don't have like parents that live near me a lot of people are in that same situation you know what I mean when so many of us fucking like live in isolation essentially just due to the nature of 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 2023 society I wish there was a different like more profound way for me to say that or to describe that but it's like just due to the nature that of the way that humans live modern humans live now so many of us are living in fucking isolation and it feels like it's against our biology you know and it is living in isolate in complete isolation like this feels wrong to like tell someone that is uh hurting because of loneliness like It'll come around when you least expect it. When you stop worrying about it so much, it'll just show up for you. Like that, you know, it's just not helpful to tell people who are clearly coming to you because they're in pain of some sort. You know what I mean? That's just a bigger philosophical thing that I don't know if I should be really getting into right now. But it's like, what a bizarre concept that we're living by ourselves some of us are living by ourselves and we don't have any access to love and affection for years for fucking years we're out here doing that and then people are just like you'll be fine it'll show up on your doorstep one day <laughs> like that's a bizarre concept really weird concept that, w- that that's normal for us to be that isolated and to just forget that humans were built to be near each other. And I'm not saying even 24-7. I'm not saying we all need to live in, you know, some people would enjoy that. I've, I've heard of people doing that, that they're living in, like, um, communal spaces and that's really awesome for them. I don't know. I haven't really thought about something like that very much. I don't know if I would enjoy that. But I sure don't enjoy living by myself all the time. Sometimes it's fucking sick. Sometimes it is nice to have a break and I enjoy a really be keyed into the peacefulness of living by myself but I'd say more often than not I'm like living by yourself kind of fucking blows sometimes I enjoy having this space I enjoy living in this house it's a lovely beautiful house and I'm so grateful to live here but people have been asking me how I've been like how do you feel um now that your roommate has moved out and I'm like it kind of fucking sucks tbh to be honest with you it's nice to have somebody to just like chat with you know just go downstairs and shoot the shit with but um yeah that's not to say like there are definitely times when I'm like this is cool that I just get to run around my house naked whenever I feel like it that's rad but then I'm like oh I'm making dinner and it would be cool if I had someone to chat with you know and we're just breaking down the basic human experience at this point I think is what I'm doing we got philosophical on this one. Oh, I, I, I killed uh, two birds with one stone. That was the what's she anxious about now and the socially problematic. What she anxious about now was burnout leading into panic attacks. And the socially problematic was I don't like living in this state. It makes me kind of sad often. <laughs> and, oh, three. The revelation of the week was sometimes I just need a good cry. <laughs> I fucking did three in a row. Look at that. Bam, bam, bam. We talked about crime. We talked about sadness. We talked about the human experience and loneliness. We talked about it all here, folks. All right. I guess that's it. I guess we're wrapping it up. I say that's it because I felt like I was just talking and talking and talking for a while. And I'll edit this down a little bit so it's not so overwhelmingly long. Um... Yeah, sorry, I guess we're not following the normal structure of segment, 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 but we just ticked off the boxes as, as, as the data flowed through my brain. Um, so that's it. Was that a good one? Was that a good episode for you? That was, that, that one felt healing for me. That one, I felt like I really got into some deepness. We got into some philosophy. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. 
Affirmations. I'm rad. I'm fun and funny. I have so much value that I offer the people I love in my life and to new friends. I have infinite potential. I deserve to put myself on a pedestal. I love myself. Hey, love you weirdos. Be kind to yourself. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.